Thank you, Pam. Hey, everybody. Special uh, shout out to all of you that have the title of mom. Uh, right now, wherever you are, uh, just tell us what you're doing, who you're with, and tell us what your plans are in the chat with your mom today. You know, I know some of you are probably going to hang out in the backyard and keep your social distance. Some of you have totally given up and you're just going to hug mom. Just let us know what you're doing. Uh, we're just so glad that you're joining us here uh, for our online service. You know, we're in a series right now that we've called God Is. And the purpose of this series is to discover, or in some cases for many of us, to rediscover the character of our creator so that we might accurately reflect his image uh, to our world that we're living in today. You know, uh, one of the first messages we did is we talked about how God is in control. And uh, we can have confidence that he has his hand on our lives in the situation that we're faced with. And then last week, Jed did such a great job of talking about how God is love. And today, I want to talk about this, that God is light. You know, uh, the Apostle John, who wrote uh, one of the four Gospels, he also wrote some general letters to the church. And in his first letter, uh, in 1 John 1, 5, he says that God is light. In him, there's no darkness at all. The reason why that's important is part of this series in, um, in discovering who God is, is we've said that what we believe about God is the most important thing about us. So knowing what John means when he says God is light and why it matters is super important to how we reflect his character and his nature uh, to the world around us. I've especially appreciated uh, one of the books that I read for this series. I recommended it in the bibliography that I gave out early on in the series uh, by Ben Witherington III. The title of the book is Who God Is. If you haven't read that, I highly recommend it. But Ben points out in that book that how significant it is that um, often in the Bible, there are instances where the Bible uses a noun to describe God rather than an adjective or a verb. And that's true in this case when John says that God is light. See, John isn't saying that God simply lights our path or that he gives us knowledge by illuminating scripture or that he guides us with his light or his light exposes things. Those are all true, but, but saying God is light is a wholly different thing. Here's the difference. If, um, if we said that somebody told the truth in an instance, we would, you know, that would be different than saying they are truthful. Uh, often, uh, people have a character of being truthful. In, in many uh, occupations, it's really important for people to be truthful, and they do extensive background checks to assure that, whether it's in the medical field or public safety or even uh, CPAs. There's so much background that has to assure that this person in that position is a truthful person. You know, Jesus said he was the truth. He said, I am the truth. And in this case, light is a description of who God is, not just what he does. So when we say that God is light, it's huge. We're saying that to be anything other than light would be an impossibility for him, that it's not in his character. 
often you've heard this saying, you know, nothing is impossible for God. You know, that's not entirely true because God cannot violate who he is and he is light. In fact, right now, just give a shout out to that. Put it in the chat. Say it out loud in the room, the people that you're sitting with, with your mom. He is light. You know, this has huge implications for how we interpret the, the world around us. Uh, sometimes we ask questions like, is God unloving? Did, did he create this evil? How could God have done this? But John assures us here that God is light. And notice he says, in him, there's no darkness at all. Give a shout out to that. All light, no darkness. God is all light, no darkness. And James reinforces that thought in James 1.17 when he says that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. To understand what John means when he says God is light, we need to look at how darkness and light are compared in the Bible. That's, there's very vivid imagery here that's pervasive in Scripture. Um, darkness describes light without God's presence. And, of course, the consequences that come with that. Without God's presence, evil prevails, John 3, 19. This is the verdict, light has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Without God's presence, we're lost. The Bible describes us as being without direction in Proverbs 4, 19. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. And Paul takes it a whole other step from not just being in the dark, but being blind in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, when he says, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. You know, sometimes... Sometimes people can't see the truth simply because they've been blinded by the evil one. And any amount of facts or any amount of uh, passionate pleading, it doesn't get through because without God's presence in our lives, it can be blinded. We say things like, uh, in referring to a movie or a book, or sometimes even a person, that it was really dark. It was a dark movie. It's a super dark book because... Darkness describes the absence of light, which the Bible equates with the absence of God. And it can be true of a person. Sometimes a place can feel dark. There are organizations that end up being dark. And a nation can be dark without God's presence. But on the other hand, light describes life with God's presence. And of course, the benefits that go with that. Not just the avoiding of destruction, but a thriving life. Psalm 56, 13, for you have delivered me from death and my feet from stumbling that I may walk before God in the light of life. There's a confidence that we can live with when we have God's presence with us. Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And even our relationships are affected by the presence of God. 1 John 1, 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And even the concept of the gospel is framed in a way that it's like the light going on for us. Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world and whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. When, when we've received the gospel, it's like a light goes on. 
I remember when I first became a Christian, September 24th, 1972, a very long time ago. I remember it was like the light went on in my head. Like all of a sudden, it was like I had a different perspective of myself, of others, of the world around me. And I believe that that is the light of God shining in our lives. Now, Paul takes this to a whole nother level. Uh, and he's gonna, uh, the verse I'm going to show you connects with the Genesis account of creation. And in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, Paul writes, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, a reference to uh, the creative act of God, he made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Now, I don't know. I mean, this is for people that are much smarter than I. Is Paul speaking metaphorically or is there something even true at the most basic level of life that beyond the chemical and biological and physical processes to sustain life, when God created life, light, he permeated the earth, the universe, with his presence, at least he revealed his presence in Jesus. You see, when God created light, he infused his character into the world. Light always represents God's presence. When he introduced light to the universe, he brought his presence into it. The Genesis account says that the earth was formless and void and dark without God, without light. And so isn't that true also of our souls? until Jesus comes and the light of God is shed in our hearts. Some of us can clearly remember that time when we did not have God in our lives. Maybe some of you are listening right now and you're, you're saying, you know, like, I'm watching because I'm, I'm trying to figure the whole God thing out. But I can remember that it was like a light went on for me. And that's exactly the imagery that I would have used to describe what happened to us. How many of us actually have that story that we can remember life without God seemed dark and life with God is like the light is on? Maybe you want to give a shout out to that right now. I saw the light. This is what it means when John says God is light and why it matters. If God, if light represents God's presence, then aren't we made for a life with his presence? That's why God invites us to live in his light. You see, darkness has only one advantage. It allows us to hide. I don't know uh, if you've heard of this game before, sardines. My family plays it. Uh, it's the exact opposite of hide and seek. You know, in hide and seek, you, people go and hide, and then the person that's it has to run around and find them and reveal them. But in sardines, the tactics or the strategies are exactly the opposite. One person goes and hides, and then all the other people try to find them. Only when they find them, they don't call them out. They hide with them until each person drops off, until finally all the people have stacked in that hiding spot like sardines. Sometimes, can, doesn't it seem like the world is like a bunch of people playing sardines? That we're all finding our hiding places together from God. We're not meant to live that way. 
His invitation is exactly the opposite of hiding with other people in the dark. In Ephesians 5.8, Paul says that you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So live as children of the light. When we talk about being made in God's image, we are light. And living in God's presence is the way it's supposed to be. I mean, why wouldn't we? You know, often um, when I've talked to people about faith and uh, when, when we start to talk about why would I ever want to be a Christian, often the people that come to me and start to, and ask me questions about Christianity, whether it was in my years in the fire department or today as a pastor, when they ask that question, it's like, what does it mean to be a Christian or why would I want to be a Christian? Often it is tied to what they see in other people's lives and the thriving sense in which they're living their lives, which comes from living in the light. So turn on the light. You see, following God is really a choice between darkness and light. And we know that life thrives in the light, right? I mean, there's a few outliers. I mean, I mean I'm not sure, sure there's some scientists watching right now and saying, you know, well, well yeah, what about the, the life that's designed to live in the dark? Okay, like, that's an outlier. But you know that for the most part, life is sustained by light. So why would we fear it? Living in the light is intentional. It's... It's a constant choice to live in a way that we thrive in the light of God. In fact, in every situation that we're facing right now, God is calling us, whether it's to, to live in the light, he's calling us to do that, to, to live exposed to his grace. We don't need to fear what God has for us. God did not come, Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world but to save us because he loves us. And so we, we, have, we don't need to fear the light that God brings into our lives. You know, really the only thing we need to fear about the light is that we would get it wrong. That, you know, Jesus talked about how we can start to call our darkness light. And if we do that, then how great is our darkness, Jesus said. We're called to live in God's light. And as his image bearers, we carry God's light with us into our world. In 2 Corinthians 4, 6, again, uh, the passage that I referred to earlier, I want to re-look at it. God said, let light shine out of darkness. He made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. It's like we have the light. The way Paul describes it is like there's a light inside us that's glowing. It's not that we didn't generate it. We didn't create the light. God put the light in our hearts. So there's no pride. There's no uh, self-righteous feelings. There's no looking around at people who are in the dark and feel some sort of superiority to them because we have the light in us. In fact, it's totally the opposite. Paul goes on in verse 7, he says, this light that we've been given is a treasure. And he says, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. 
You know, the beautiful thing is that God takes his glorious light and he places it in simple, ordinary vessels, vessels of clay like you and me. We hold the perfect light in our imperfect lives. And as his light fills us, how can we keep it from shining through? In fact, if we allow it to do so, God's light will shine through us, through our simple, ordinary ways, if we just allow it to happen. God's light can shine through us when life is hard. We reflect his light in whatever place God has placed us, whether we're broken or struggling, whether we're feeling depressed or we're going through a divorce or we're lonely or we're experiencing financial disaster or our health is waning. We can show God's light because we're simple, ordinary vessels and God's light will leak through. We show the light of God, not our own goodness. But we can also show God's light when life is good, when our finances are strong, when our marriage is healthy, when our family is together, intact and thriving. We still shine the light then too. We shine the light, not our great choices. See, we don't bear God's light to hide in the shadows with it. You remember um, in children's church, well, I actually worked in children's church a long time ago, and uh, that was chaos. Um, but we used to sing a song, This Little Light of Mine. You remember that? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. It actually has a melody, but I don't think that I can bring it. And put one of the, one of the uh, lines in it is like, hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. It's like, why would I have the light to hide it? Jesus said in Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. You know, one of the things that keeps us from shining God's light, from bearing his image in all the situations that we face is fear. We're afraid. We're afraid to be weird. We're afraid we can't live up to that light. And so we hide it. And the last thing we want people to know is that we're a Christian at work. Or, you know, someone, you have this opportunity to share what God has done in your life, like, you know, how faith has changed your marriage or your family or even your career, your life. And you're like, you know that God has had such an impact on your life. And it's like, it's right there on the tip of your tongue. But like, we hold it back. We don't bear his light to hide in shadows, but there's another misconception about bearing his light. We don't bear his light to shine only where there's already plenty of light. In Acts 13, Paul and Barnabas are speaking in the synagogue, which is uh, in Antioch, which is part of modern day Turkey. And in Acts 13, 47, this is what they say to these religious traditionalists in the synagogue, for this is what the Lord has commanded us. 
I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. What's happening there is that for, for the people that they were talking to, their religious tradition made them think like we should, we should hide. We should, we should keep the bad people, the Gentiles, from becoming a part of us. That We're on the right team. They're on the wrong team. And it was such a struggle if you just track Paul's teachings and all of his letters. It was such a struggle for him to convince those early believers that came from this religious tradition to get out of their bubble. It was a thing then. It still is. I've, I can't tell you like, at times where I've heard from, from Christians say like, well, what if they showed up? What if this person showed up or that person or someone who lived this lifestyle? What if they came to our church? And I'm like, I would be thrilled. Well, I, I wouldn't like it. Really? First of all, I'm like happy that anyone would show up to listen to me, right? But like this idea that we, that there's like the good team and the bad team. It's like, that's not our calling. Our calling is as bearers of God's image, who he has shined his light in our hearts, we have to shine the light. Not just where there's plenty of light. We don't just run from Bible study to Bible study and never talk to our neighbors and, and like hide out from the people that we deem unworthy of our relationship. I'm going to invite the band to come up now. And this, this idea of where God is light and it's part of the image that we bear, you know, what we believe about God is the most important thing about us. If we believe that God has given us his light and it makes us better, if we believe that God has given us his light and we're somehow superior to other people, that's not what it means. God shined his light on us. I don't know if you've been tracking the stories of God is in his people that uh, Lisa and Heather and some of our other folks have been putting out. You have to watch these. There's, this week, there's Melissa Lindell, who's like a college student. And uh, she just put on her social feed, if, if somebody needs encouragement, I'll send you a card. I'll bring you some, a meal. I'll do anything. And she's serving people that identify. It's like, yeah, I'm kind of discouraged. And she sends them a word. We heard from Sue Fisk this week who, like when God puts someone on her heart, she says, you know, I'm going to follow through on that. And she just reaches out to them in a phone call or a text. We heard from Ray and Kitty Everett this week who felt called by God to, be, to go on the mission field. And yet they're in that, that painful time of like trying to raise funds to be able to go out and actually do it. We've heard from Lisa Stewart who uh, saw a need in, um, in Nepal and raised the money for people over there that really truly needed it. And it just happened just like that. People like these are the ways that we shine the light. We don't hide the light. And we don't, we don't, withhold it from those that need it most. You know, you've probably often heard of the church or being described as a lighthouse. That's what it is. But you know, a lighthouse that 
puts shutters down around its light is really ineffective. The lighthouse exists for the people that need rescuing, that need to know where to go, right? And I think that much of the light that comes from a church is generated by all of the flashlight bearers, all of the people who call that church home. When they gather together, the light emanates from that church. When I was studying for this message, I remembered that a few men's retreats ago, we were given flashlights. And we were up in the mountains, uh, our local mountains here. And, um, you know, uh, you have to walk around in the dark and we're not familiar with the area. So this was a great idea to give us flashlights. And I just thought about how we used these that week or that weekend. We didn't, we didn't take the light and shine it on ourselves and say, hey, you know, look at me. And we also didn't shine the light right in people's face and say, look at you, what's wrong with you? We took these flashlights and we used them to find our way. And when someone forgot theirs, which I did, or when somebody needed help getting somewhere, we took our light and we shined it for them. I think that's what it means to, be, to bear God's image in that he is light. He's given us light. And we can reflect that light in, in our families, where you work, in your community, in your little league, on your teams that you're a part of, as you're a student in your college dormitory. God gives us so many opportunities to take his light. We don't have to create it. It's the light that he's given us. And we can shine it so that people can find their way back to him. Let's pray.